0: Will a retail CBDC become available for public use in the USA before 2031? Hi everyone, and welcome to our channel. As the world is becoming increasingly complex, at Foresight Bureau we attempt to find ways to make better predictions in areas such as finance, technology, business, geopolitics, and more. Our approach involves aggregating predictions from multiple sources, including the collective wisdom of the internet via AI chatbots and prediction markets. We do this so that we can all gain strategic foresight in order to make better predictions that will hopefully lead to superior decision-making. Today, we're going to explore predictions relating to the deployment of central bank digital currencies otherwise known as CBDCs. This video will however specifically analyze when a retail CBDC might be launched in the United States. We'll discover what the difference is between a retail and wholesale CBDC, and how they compare with cryptocurrencies. We'll also assess the geopolitical and economic ramifications and find out why this topic is so important as a Federal Reserve-issued retail CBDC could have the potential to affect every person, not just in America, but the entire planet. But first, let's take a step back and consider what makes a CBDC so cutting-edge. Well, put simply it is a new kind of programmable currency that's issued by a country's central bank. But unlike cash, it only exists in digital form and is fully traceable. Once deployed, CBDCs will do away with the existing chain of multiple intermediaries or corresponding banks that are currently required to perform each transaction. This overly complex convoluted series of steps is costly and inefficient and that's why some transactions can take several days to fully complete. Intermediaries are only necessary because the payee bank has no idea if the payer bank actually has sufficient funds to honor the transaction. The technology behind CBDCs will immediately know if funds are available so will be able to process payments almost instantly at a fraction of the cost. CBDCs can be used for both retail and wholesale payments. Retail CBDCs are designed for use by individuals and businesses, just like cash, whereas wholesale CBDCs are designed to settle payments between banks and other financial institutions. According to the Central Bank Digital Currency Tracker, countries representing over 95% of global GDP are exploring a CBDC, and some have already gone live. Here's a timeline of CBDC development across the world 11 countries have launched, 32 are in development and 46 are in the research phase. In the United States, the Federal Reserve quietly deployed FedNow on the 20th of July 2023. The Fed refers to it as a real-time gross settlement system, but to all intents and purposes it is a fully-fledged CBDC. The
1: Federal Reserve is developing the FedNow Service, a safe and efficient instant payments infrastructure that will modernize the U.S. payment system. The FedNow Service will give financial institutions the opportunity to innovate, enabling their customers to send and receive money in seconds, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Funds will settle between financial institutions in real time, which means there's no buildup of interbank obligations, and end users will have access to the funds in seconds. How will the FedNow Service work? Imagine the owner of a coffee shop is running low on coffee beans and needs to schedule a quick delivery. She places an order and the coffee bean company sends her a request for payment. She responds to the request for payment and pays for the coffee beans right then and there through an app from her credit union, which uses the FedNow service. Once she initiates the payment, her credit union screens the payment and sends an ISO 20022 compliant payment message either directly or through a service provider to the FedNow Service over the Federal Reserve's FedLine network. The FedNow Service instantly validates the payment message and passes it along to the Coffee Bean Supplier's Bank. In real time, the Supplier's Bank confirms to the FedNow Service that it intends to accept the payment, and the FedNow Service debits and credits the master accounts of both the shop owners and the Coffee Bean Supplier's financial institutions or the master accounts of their correspondents. The FedNow Service also immediately sends a payment message with an advice of credit to the supplier's bank and notifies the shop owner's credit union that settlement is complete. Finally, the supplier's bank credits the supplier's account in near real time, making the funds available. The supplier's bank will have the option of sending a confirmation to the shop owner's credit union that the payment has been posted to the supplier's account, providing the coffee shop owner with certainty that the payment was received.
0: As previously mentioned, CBDCs offer a number of potential benefits, such as faster and cheaper payments compared to traditional payment methods. It is claimed that they will increase financial inclusion by making it easier for people to access and use digital money. CBDCs can also reduce risk of fraud by providing a more secure and transparent way to make payments. However, there are also some challenges associated with CBDCs. As all transactions are recorded on a central ledger they could be vulnerable to cyberattacks from hackers or rogue nation. Also, every transaction can potentially be monitored and controlled in real time by the governments and central banks that issue them. Being able to see the flow of funds through every bank account would enable governments to calculate and collect tax automatically and have the power to interfere with any transactions they deem necessary. CBDCs also need to be interoperable to enable integration with existing banking infrastructure. So the design of CBDCs is complex as there are many factors that need to be considered prior to deployment as explained by Fed Chair Jerome Powell during an interview with 60 Minutes.
2: Currency that would not be printed but would exist only in cyberspace on your phone, for example. Is the Fed working on a digital dollar? We are actually evaluating that. Most um, major countries uh, are now looking at at the possibility of having a digital currency and really asking the question, in our very modern advanced economy with a a, a fast, efficient, full-blown payment system, would adding a, a digital currency, a form of digital currency, would it actually benefit the public that we serve? That's the question that we're asking. We're working very hard on that. We're also doing quite a lot of technological experiment. I mean technology has made this a possible thing and so we feel it's our obligation to understand it. How would it work? What would the features of it be? There are many subtle and difficult policy choices and design choices that you'd have to make. We're doing all that work. We have not made a decision to do this because again the question is will this benefit the people that we serve and we need to answer that question well and we need to involve the public and Congress deeply in that process because it would be an important step if we were to do this.
0: Despite the challenges, CBDCs are viewed by governments and central banks as a promising new technology that has the potential to revolutionize the way payments are processed. For this reason, the deployment of CBDCs across the world appears to be inevitable. We could eventually see a global CBDC system that becomes a one-world currency, but more on that later. So what's the difference between a CBDC, a cryptocurrency, and a stable coin? while a CBDC is a digital currency issued by a central bank, while a cryptocurrency is a digital or virtual currency or token that uses cryptography for security. CBDCs are highly regulated, and they are designed to be used as a medium of exchange. Cryptocurrencies, on the other hand, are not backed by any government or institution, and they are often used as a store of value or a speculative asset. Not all cryptocurrencies or tokens are fully decentralized and some are hybrids. For example, XRP and IOTA are compatible with an emerging CBDC messaging standard called ISO 20022. A stablecoin such as Tether is a cryptocurrency that is designed to maintain a stable value, typically pegged to a fiat currency such as the US dollar or the euro. Stablecoins are often used as a way to store value or to make payments, as they are less volatile than other cryptocurrency. When someone buys a stablecoin, the issuer of the stablecoin agrees to exchange it for say US dollars on demand, This ensures that the value of the stablecoin remains stable, as it can always be exchanged back into US dollars. So what are some of the negative implications of CBDCs? Well it has been said that a global CBDC system controlled by a few very powerful entities could be used to facilitate a state surveillance network. If you think that sounds Orwellian, you'd be right. In some parts of the world this has already become a sad reality. China's digital yuan is being used to suppress citizens and control free speech by freezing accounts of dissidents and protesters as a form of financial censorship. Something similar happened in Canada when the Canadian government instructed banks to freeze accounts connected to the Freedom Convoy without a court order in January 2022. In theory, this technology could eventually be used to tokenize every asset on the planet including stocks, commodities, and even physical goods. That would enable everything to be tracked, monitored, and controlled by state actors and multinational corporations. Henry Kissinger famously said, Who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. Concerns raised by human rights and privacy advocates is that CBDCs could give governments the ability to freeze accounts for any reason, enforce different interest rates and spending criteria on an individual basis, as well as credit and debit funds at will. As CBDCs are a programmable form of smart money it will be possible to set limits on how funds are to be spent in real time, or put an expiration date on bank deposits if the economy starts to slow to discourage savings so that funds automatically disappear if they are not spent by a stipulated deadline. It is fair to say that not all politicians are in favor. For example, U.S. Presidential candidate Ron DeSantis has promised to ban CBDCs if elected as president. Here's what he had to say.
3: And so some want to increase power to these organizations such as the Federal Reserve. And so last year, President Biden issued an executive order to explore the creation of a U.S. central bank digital currency, effectively converting the dollar into a centralized digital currency. And this is different than things like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, a centralized digital currency is directly controlled and issued uh, uh, by the government to consumers. And it provides the government with a direct view of all consumer activities. And so this is something that is being proposed as somehow being environmentally sustainable, a way to increase access to consumers who lack the means to join a traditional bank. But as we've come to learn, uh, any way they can get into society uh, to exercise their agenda, they will do it. So what the central bank digital currency is all about is surveilling Americans and controlling behavior of Americans, and how do we know? Because we've seen this happen in other parts of the world. Look at no further than China to see the impacts of centralized digital currency. The People's Bank of China uses its central bank to monitor citizen behavior, allowing for the surveillance of spending habits and to cut off access to goods and services. You also see things in the Bahamas where they've instituted caps on CBDC holdings and transactions in Nigeria. Central Bank capped ATM withdrawals to forcibly push the use of their digital currency in lieu of physical currency. And I don't even need to think here, what are they going to want to do? These ESG factors, you go and buy gasoline, if you bought too much gasoline, they just won't allow you to use this to make a transaction. Who knows whether they would let you buy a firearm or things that they disapprove of. And so you're opening up a major can of worms and you're handing a central bank huge, huge amounts of of power.
0: CBDCs could therefore be a force for good or evil depending on how they are deployed and operate. However, even if the general population are against the introduction of a CBDC in the United States, the consensus appears to be that it will very likely be rolled out regardless. To make this happen the government might adopt a carrot-and-stick approach. Before deployment, they could manipulate the economy by printing huge sums of money to push up inflation, then rapidly raise interest rates in order to inflict pain on the economy. A sudden increase in the cost of living followed by widespread unemployment would then lead to civil unrest. The government could then claim that replacing the current system with a CBDC would lead to financial stability and prosperity for all. By this time a large number of people would have been made redundant by the financial downturn. They will be told that the only way they can obtain welfare or any form of government support is by downloading a wallet and receiving payments directly from the central bank in the form of the newly created CBDC. At the same time the national currency would have been substantially devalued due to hyperinflation and cash would be removed from circulation. Vendors would then be forced to accept CBDC payments. And the population would have no other choice but to exchange their obsolete national currency into the CBDC at a highly favorable exchange rate. Let's now switch our perspective away from domestic affairs and focus on how CBDCs could be used by central governments as a strategic weapon. Before we do it's important to state that all governments have the potential to a greater or lesser extent to abuse power. So let's put political judgment to one side and focus purely on how Western nations could theoretically coordinate and use CBDCs to enforce sanctions against what they deem as strategic adversaries like Russia and China, as well as rogue nations such as North Korea and Iran. A possible scenario is that they could leverage CBDCs for sanction enforcement as they offer distinct advantages over the existing system, including increased transparency, traceability, and real-time monitoring of financial transactions. However, there are potential challenges and considerations associated with this approach that we will explore shortly. Sanctions have been a cornerstone of international diplomacy, enabling countries to exert pressure on adversaries without resorting to military action. The emergence of CBDCs introduces a novel dimension to sanctions enforcement, offering a more precise and efficient means to limit targeted nations' access to vital economic resources. Major economies like the United States, EU and UK could block wallets held by sanctioned entities from transacting directly with CBDCs issued by Western central banks. Something similar was attempted by Western banks when Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022. The European Union, United Kingdom, United States and other allies effectively weaponized access to the global financial system by blocking some Russian banks from accessing the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications System, or SWIFT for short which operates a global cross-border payment system. Although effective, using CBDCs to prevent sanctioned parties from making payments using CBDCs within the Western financial system would make it even more difficult for them to circumvent trade sanctions so. CBDCs could therefore be used to place restrictions on purchases of strategically vital goods like technology components, commodities and industrial goods. Achieving meaningful sanctions enforcement would require broad multilateral adoption of restrictions by major economies across North America, Europe and Asia. Placing unilateral limits on importing capabilities of adversaries would likely incentivize them to involve proxy buyers, migrate over to alternate currencies such as the recently proposed BRICS currency, or even adoption of some form of credibly neutral cryptocurrency that can't be easily traced by Western enforcement agencies. Therefore if CBDCs were used they would likely reduce but not eliminate technical workaround, and may actually make the situation worse by encouraging adversaries to accelerate development of their own CBDCs and cross-border payment platforms to bypass Western controls. This would probably lead to a fragmenting of global trade and finance, thereby reducing global GDP. Furthermore, there will be unintended consequences. Using CBDCs as a strategic weapon could negatively affect individuals and entities that are not directly involved in the sanctioned country's government or economy. Overall, while challenges clearly exist, it is very likely that allied CBDCs will be used as a 21st-century enhancement to sanctions policy. This could result in potentially increasing the likelihood of kinetic skirmishes breaking out in various hotspots around the world including Taiwan, the Korean Peninsula, the South China Sea, Eastern Europe, and the Caucasus region to name a few. It would also likely lead to financial market fragmentation, and as previously stated result in potential losses as a result of reduced global trade. Now let's finish with how a US retail CBDC could impact the future prospects of the entire cryptocurrency industry. If cryptocurrency becomes widely used as a viable alternative to sovereign currencies for global trade as well as a way to circumvent sanctions this would be viewed by the US administration as a huge threat to the US dollar's status as the global reserve currency. This might result in a total or partial ban. Perhaps that's why Western governments appear to be in such a hurry to deploy CBDCs while also clamping down on crypto-related companies within their respective jurisdictions. CEO of Coinbase has accused the U.S. establishment of a stealth initiative called Operation Chokepoint 2.0 to prevent cryptocurrency adoption. He claims that it is the continuation of a program by the United States Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network that began in 2017 to choke off the flow of money to businesses that are involved with illicit activity, which is now being used to decouple cryptocurrency exchanges from the financial system, thereby suffocating the entire crypto ecosystem. Let's now briefly go a bit further down the rabbit hole and consider for a moment if the endgame of a globally interwoven CBDC network could lead to the creation of a one-world currency operated by a one-world government. There's a popular belief among conspiracy theorists that a global network of cross-border CBDCs codenamed Project Cedar could eventually become a world currency controlled by a small group of very powerful entities, depending on the chosen conspiracy theory. This would usher in a new world order cooked up by a cabal of unelected shadowy entities or elites that operate beyond the reaches of sovereign oversight. This theory is closely linked to the creation of an immutable identity and social credit system that assigns a numerical score to individuals based on their behavior. This score could be used to determine access to certain privileges, such as loans, jobs, or travel. Social credit scoring systems have been implemented in a number of countries, including China, India, and the United Arab Emirates. The specific details of these systems vary, but they all share the common goal of using data and access to the financial system to influence and control individual behavior. There are a number of potential benefits to social credit scoring systems. For example, they can be used to deter crime, improve efficiency, and promote social harmony. However, there are also a number of potential risks associated with these systems. For example, they could be used to discriminate against certain groups of people or to restrict individual freedom. The debate over social credit scoring systems is ongoing. Some people believe that these systems are a necessary tool for improving society, while others believe that they are a threat to individual liberty. So let's now explore the chances of a retail CBDC becoming available for public use before 2031. We recently posted this question on MetTaculous. So only a few predictions had been shared by the community at the time of making this video. Please keep checking back for the latest verdict by going to Mettaculust.com. Clicking on the search box and entering CBDC, let's now ask ChatGPT for its prediction. It estimated a 30% likelihood that a retail CBDC will become widely deployed in the United States by the 1st of January 2031. The timeline is subject to the intricacies of regulatory, technological, economic, and political developments, all of which will play a crucial role in shaping the path to CBDC adoption. Its rationale was as follows. The regulatory landscape in the United States significantly influences the timeline for CBDC adoption. Given the cautious approach of regulatory bodies like the Federal Reserve might take at least two to three years to develop and implement, developing a retail CBDC requires a robust and secure technological infrastructure. While the U.S. has a mature financial technology sector, building a scalable and resilient CBDC platform will likely take one to two years. Cooperation with banks and financial institutions is essential to ensure smooth integration of the CBDC into the existing financial ecosystem. This might add an additional one to two years to the timeline. Political dynamics and geopolitical considerations could either accelerate or delay the CBDC's deployment. Factors such as changes in administration, international agreements, and economic priorities could influence the decision-making process. Now let's ask Bard. It estimated a 60% likelihood that a retail CBDC will become widely deployed in the United States by the 1st of January 2031. Its rationale was as follows. The growing public awareness of CBDCs is a factor that is increasing the likelihood of a retail CBDC being launched in the United States. As more people learn about CBDCs, they are becoming more interested in using them. This is due in part to the growing popularity of cryptocurrencies. The need for central banks to respond to the rise of cryptocurrencies is also a major factor. The rise of cryptocurrencies has posed a challenge to central banks, as they have lost some control over the money supply. CBDCs could be seen as a way for central banks to regain control of the money supply and to compete with cryptocurrency. There is a growing momentum behind the development of CBDCs, and the United States is likely to follow suit in the coming years. Finally, let's ask Claude. It estimated a 45% probability that a universally accessible U.S. CBDC will be in active use by the 1st of January 2031. Its rationale was as follows. Technologically, the Fed has indicated it could launch a pilot project within 6 to 12 months if directed. Full nationwide deployment could follow in one to two years based on typical IT project timeframes. This suggests tech itself is not the gating factor. The Fed white paper has indicated top priorities are resolving challenges around financial stability, monetary policy implementation, cybersecurity, and enabling rapid innovation. A five-year timeframe for the research and trial phase is likely. Followed by two years for robust national systems integration based on prudent risk management. Surveys indicate consumer willingness to adopt CBDCs could reach 60 to 70 percent within the next five years as digital asset ownership increases. But widespread retail adoption may require eight to ten years for standards development, user friendly wallets, merchant integration, and public education around use cases. The anti crypto stance of some politicians and banking sector opposition will slow progress, but central bank priorities will prevail. Favorable countries testing retail CBDCs will apply pressure. There is a 10-15% to 15% chance a global financial crisis or loss of dollar reserve currency status could accelerate U.S. CBDC launch toward the five-year range. However, current economic and financial conditions do not suggest this. In summary, while adoption factors may progress at different speeds, a 10-year timeline for full-scale retail CBDC deployment appears reasonable given the measured pace of central bank development. Need for careful systems integration and user readiness requirements. However, the landscape could shift and will require active monitoring and probabilistic updating. Now let's calculate an aggregated unweighted average. Matt Taculus at the time of making this video 45% ChatGPT 30% Bard 60% Claude 45% which gives us an aggregated average likelihood of 45%. Please remember to like and subscribe for more prediction analysis. Please note that these predictions are subject to change on a continuous basis, so keep checking back for the latest results. And that wraps up our overview on CBDCs and predictions for when a retail version might be launched in the US. But before we end this video here's a quick summary. As we've seen, there are compelling arguments on both sides of this complex issue. While a CBDC could bring some benefits, we must also consider the risks and trade-offs around privacy, security, and financial autonomy. Ultimately, the future is uncertain. The deployment of CBDCs represents a monumental shift that will impact society on many levels. We cannot foresee all of the second- and third-order consequences. Wise and ethical governance will be essential. The path ahead requires care, critical thinking and pluralistic debate. By shining light on these issues today, collectively we can shape tomorrow for the better by always speaking truth to power. Disclaimer. This content is intended for entertainment purposes only. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information published. We are not responsible for any losses or damages that may arise. Nothing should be interpreted as investment or financial advice.